Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> okay. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach October podcast. I'm Catherine Stafford. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice in Mill Creek, Washington, and I'm also a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. I'm happy to be back on the air this morning with my friend Howard Glasser, who is creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach and chairman of the Children's Success Foundation. Good morning, Howie. Howie, I'm not hearing Howie. I, I am. Uh, I was just saying that I am. I am live from Chico, California. I love how gracefully we went through that technical glitch that just happened. I'm glad that you're here with us from Chico, California. I know that Chico is a thriving hub of nurtured heart approach right now, and so I'm excited to hear about what you're doing there. Well, uh, I thought I was on vacation, but <laughs> apparently, apparently, I'm I'm at my best um, uh, doing a lot of uh, inspirational things, and that's apparently my job at this point in life. So yesterday, I went to the Blue Oak School, um, and it just so happened they had a little training there, so I was able to pop in and and show a video and. And, and uh, do something inspirational, and and um, and make it clear that a kid they were concerned about was not damaged or pathological, um, or di- should be diagnosed. And and then um, uh, I I have um, a whole host of interesting play and work meetings coming up. So I think I'm just gonna to the fact that I landed here for a reason and, and have fun with that and visit and visit places and visit people. Sounds and fantastic. Have, have a blast. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I, 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 it's, much, it's much better that way. Sounds perfect. So kind of a working vacation for you, it sounds like, with the it, work being your heart's work. It is clearly a working vacation, and I love it. Fantastic. So we are taking a shift today, this morning, and we are kind of shifting away from kids. And our topic this morning is healing hearts through the nurtured heart approach. Um, We have the distinct pleasure, Howie, of two guests who are masters in healing, I believe. Today's guests are Lori Lee and Tammy Jacobs. Um, Before we introduce them, would you like to go ahead and do your, your summary, your concise, brilliant, eloquent summary of nurtured heart approach for new listeners who are coming on today for the first time? I can, and um, the the um, the key to me in in uh, differing the nurtured heart approach from other approaches is the understanding of energy and how kids understand energy. Um, and you know, kids kids drink in impressions of how the world works, and uh, they 
they can easily arrive at conclusions that the world's more delicious, the more the world uh, is more there for them vis-a-vis negativity, because that's mm-hmm. when we show up. That's when we're never too busy, mm-hmm. and um, that's when we, you know, have so many delicious things to say. And and the way that then flows into um, the the realm of of adults uh, being their best and adults working with adults is is that same. Pro- if I'm a kid who's who's uh, by way of my extra added intensity and extra added craving for a relationship, if I've arrived at that conclusion and I've been living my life that way, then mm-hmm. that's going to be the flavor of my internal dialogue. That's going to mm-hmm. be how my that's going to be how I process things inside me, inside my head. And um, in, unless I have some way out of that, I am going to be forever perpetuating that. Um, and it's going to manifest in my internal relationship with me, and it's going to manifest in my relationship with other people. So somewhere along the line, I realized, oh, that's my default setting. And somewhere along the line, um, I started to, you know, since I only believed in the nurtured heart approach, I decided I was going to use this work um, to, to as my go-to way of seeing if I could change my default setting. And I wound up writing about it. And we have um, we have two people on the line, two incredible uh, uh, leaders of using this work this nurtured heart approach um, in the way of uh, um, bringing it beyond the realm of children. So I'm, I can't wait to hear what they have to say. That was a beautiful segue. Thank you so much. I'll go ahead and introduce them. Tammy Jacobs is a licensed clinical social worker. She's currently in private practice in Arizona. Tammy has over 20 years' experience working with challenging children and families in crisis centers, group homes, residential treatment, um, as well as outpatient and community mental health. She's been an advanced trainer in the approach since 2007. She teaches it with children and teens, adults and parents, group home staff, and educators. She has extensive training in a variety of other interventions and strategies geared towards helping children and families, but this has proven Nurtured Heart Approach to be the most effective and therefore is the foundation of her work. Not only does she utilize the approach in her private practice, but she uses it on a daily basis, raising her two daughters, now 11 and 13, and her marriage of 17 years. Good morning, Tammy. Thank you so much for coming back to the show today. Good morning, Catherine and Howie. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for coming. Our other wonderful guest is Lori Lee, and Lori Lee graduated from Arizona State in 1999 with a degree in sociology. She's worked for a major corporation for over 16 years and has raised two daughters, now 18 and 19, as a single mom. She was introduced to the Nurtured Heart Approach in December 2011, and her life was revolutionized as she discovered how to live from her heart. Overcoming the odds of being a child of abuse, she now owns that she has created the life she considers successful, and she shares regularly with others how to find your greatness and how that can change all areas of your life. Good morning, Lori. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Howie. I have no doubt that you sharing this amazing journey is going to be profoundly inspiring to many of our listeners in terms of healing. Um, This is the relationship between the two of you and your journey together. So I'd like to turn it over to you to take us right back to that perfect starting place. Okay, well, thank you, Catherine. Um, 
it was in 2011. I um, had hit a place of no return in my mind, and I had a manager actually at work at that point tell me to go get help. So I, um, in that process, found Tammy and walked in her office, and some, I think one of the first things out of my mouth was, I don't really want to live anymore. I'm broken, and... I just need help. I had been in and out of counseling pretty much my whole life, coming from a background of severe physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. Howie, that inner dialogue you talked about earlier, I had an inner dialogue and still actually struggle with it, of worthlessness and shame and all of those things. And so that's, I spent the first 50 years of my life listening to myself and others talk about how worthless I was. And I met Tammy, and one of the first things she started speaking to me about was greatness, which was a completely foreign concept to me. I had never really heard anything like that and that I actually had it, and that began the journey. Um, And it began the journey emotionally, began the journey physically. Everything in my life completely changed. I would like to say everything is perfect, but I'm still on this journey. It's a, it's a daily um, reminder. It's a daily resetting. Um, it's something I can choose to do and reset continuously to who I really am and who is the true Lori from deep within, who is that person who's getting to know herself all over again from the standpoint of greatness from the standpoint of knowing I have worth, of digging through the shame, not necessarily going to the bone pile. And Howard, in his book, Igniting Greatness, you are Oprah and now it's Igniting Greatness, talks about the bone pile and going to the bone pile just to dig up and to revisit. But there's a difference when you, um, you don't have to revisit all your past issues and shame from an area of look at what I am, but versus this is who I can become. So that's yeah, how it started. That's an amazing... Uh, can I comment and then you go on? Um, uh, I had an experience that this uh, in the last few days where uh, you're right, you can revisit things, but for me it was, oh, I realize I have some energy there i was I was telling a story to some friends, and I was remembering some uh something, and I went, "Oh, I could see where where I've locked away some energy. I'm gonna go grab that fuel and uh and convert it um mm-hmm. and it was it was that easy it was that easy. I didn't have to go in there into the into like the bad stories of the pain. It was very different, so thank you for saying that. Oh, not a problem. Um, and, you know, I would say out of um, all of the things I've learned regarding NHA, the bone pile is the thing that resonates with me the most. Hmm. Through many other approaches and counseling I've received over the year, going back seems to be the theme, but it was going back to dig up. And let's re refeel this. Let's redo this. And all it did was put me in a place of despair. And in the nurtured heart approach, you go back to renew. 
You go back. Yeah, Lori, can I, I want to add Tammy? to what you're saying to, to okay. be able to clarify. Um, okay. Uh, when, you, when you shared what you recall your first session coming in in 2011, and just to let the listeners know, Lori and I have talked about confidentiality and that she has given me permission to share any part of the process that we've had together. Mm-hmm. And in her first, in your first session, Lori, um, she did not share that she was suicidal and didn't want to live. But she came into session, and she was low. Um, she was showing the signs of depression and anxiety, and never was able to fully tell what it is her bone pile, what it is that led up to that. Because starting in the first session, just being able to reflect back to her the strengths um, that she endured, not, e- not only in a work situation, but with her children. It wasn't until several sessions later did she share with me that that first session that we had was only going to be one session because she needed to at least go to one more therapist on that long list of therapists before she was going to leave the letter for her children saying that she at least tried one more time. Wow. When you think back to that first meeting, Tammy, can you think back and kind of remember what was the greatness that you saw? What did you name in Lori walking through that door that very first session? I think the session was probably after work hours, maybe Mm -hmm. about 5.30 or something like that. And um, and even in setting the appointment, she and I had a, a little few extra steps in communication of actually setting the appointment. So there was definitely more than just setting the appointment coming in and coming in. So when she came in, um, just recognizing her ability to um, stick with it and follow through on setting the appointment, even though she and I had had several um, bumps in the road and trying to schedule and returning calls and not returning calls. Um, so by the time she had arrived, she had already worked a full day at work. But starting with the simplest forms of recognition that I could in how she was able to manage her whole day at work, um, the frustrations of setting the appointment and that it wasn't fluid and smooth, but not giving up. Um, and she had shared then that even did she realize in the moment that she could have said, oh, great, this is one more therapist, because she's had several um, bumps in the road in therapy. We joke about she once had a a therapist lose her file. So every now and then she'll jokingly ask, you still have my file, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so um, just recognizing all the bumps that she's endured in the past and that she was trusting this next new step, and and the nervousness that she uh, naturally had coming in. And then I broke it down to the nitty-gritty, what couch she was sitting on by the window, just, you know, just mm-hmm. a pure in-the-moment recognition. How did that land with you, Lori, that very first time that you heard a, a different message coming to you, a very specific message of greatness? I didn't know what to think. I um, had never quite experienced that before. Um, I didn't know what it was. I um, wasn't sure 
what has happened or what was taking place. She did not spend the time going over the information form I had filled out. That kind of was just put aside. And one of the things um, that I remember specifically is there was engagement, and um, I felt she was fully engaged, and I was not used to that with a therapist. There was no agenda. There wasn't Mm -hmm. the typical list of questions that are usually the first-time questions. Um, It was more of letting me talk and her completely engaged. I remember leaving thinking, what just happened? (laughs) And whatever it was, I wanted it again Hmm. Um, because I wasn't quite sure. All I know is I walked out knowing something was different, knowing something different had taken place probably in any other session I had ever been in. And, um, yeah, it it, it floored me because I had never been, you know, I can look back now and know that that was recognition of greatness, recognition of things I was doing, but I had never experienced that before. And um, I was doing this, like she had said, I was doing this to appease my manager who basically said get help or take a leave of absence. And um, so I I was doing one more session Mm -hmm. just to get it done to say I get it. And like she said, I even though I had teenage girls and I did not want to go on with life at that point. It it was beyond um hope I was beyond hope at that point. And you know, I, I jokingly say NAJ saved my life and that's literal. That it literally saved my life. Were the words believable to you when you were hearing the message from Tammy of your greatness in that moment? Was it believable to you? No. Um, not, not at first. It took a while to sink in. It was great to hear. And um, it it just, there was a part of me, I think, that was waiting for, okay, now let's go do the other stuff that I was so used to doing in therapy. You know, let's go do the digging. Let's go, okay, how do you feel about your divorce? How do you feel about your mother? How do you feel about all those things? Um, but not from a place of pureness, from a place of let's let's just get in there and make everything messy. And that has never happened. And so mm-hmm. as I consistently heard, you know, yes, you have greatness, you know, um, you you are brave, you are fearless. And fearless is my moniker word, and I got that through all these sessions, is it took me a while to believe. And I think what um, started to cement it is probably about a month or so in, I sat in her office and I said, I would like to lose 100 pounds over the next year. And instead of saying, oh, no, you have too much to work on in this other area, she said, okay, you can do that. And I think that is when it sunk in more than anything. Lori, I don't think you said I want to lose 100 pounds. You said that you wanted maybe, I think you started with like 20 or biggest goal was um, a larger number. So we started out, you know, bite by bite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and any idea that Lori would present um, was never too big, <laughs> but she would present it and we would just figure out the steps. And I think you were wanting me to... Um, do the usual of like, oh, that's way too big. 
mm-hmm. um, can't accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, and it's what I, I, I expected. I'd love to just jump in and say uh, uh, a sidebar to uh, what uh, Lori was referring to is that there's uh, beliefs and um, and philosophies and practices of so many therapies out there that support premises such as if only I get all my feelings out, everything will be okay, uh, as mm-hmm. if there's a little bag of feelings that, you know, at the end of the rainbow uh, clears all. Um, and the same uh, is true for if only I get uh, out, uh, aside from the feelings, my 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 ag- agonizing uh, thoughts and, and my history, if only I clear my history, as if we could have an eraser that could make history go away. And, and the problem is, essentially, that if, if I have this programming of I believe that I get juicier connectivity, better broadband, better relationships through negativity, here I am once again... Un- up unloading my negative feelings and my negative thoughts and experiences with a human being, and they're listening to me, and merely by this belief they have that that this is the way to go, they're sitting in the room, and the energy of that is totally deepening my impression that if I don't have anything um, bad to talk about, they'll go away. And, um, and and it's upside down. And mm-hmm. and what I'm hearing that Tammy did so fiercely and so beautifully was refuse to go there and, mm-hmm. and upend Lori in a way for a while until she got into, you know, there's something maybe on a soul level that she recognized and she wanted to know more about it and, and she had that flashpoint of, oh, that makes something, there's something, there's something wildly different here and I need to, I need to stay alive one more session. Mhm. Yeah, actually I call I call that uh I love how you explain that with the rainbow and the bag of feelings and clearing the history because when I when I meet with not just the kids or the fam or the parents of the kids that are afraid will this therapist damage my child. Um but even with adults, is I tried to explain to them I'm not a scab picker. And I I will actually just call it that and say I won't coming into the session, you know, that some people believe in therapy that you need to pick that scab off that's already started the healing and let the blood just flow so that you can mm-hmm. finally heal. And I'll say, how about let's leave the scab there and we'll heal from there. There's no reason to rip off what's already all the healing that's happened. And um, and Lori's often come into session, and every now and then she'll still come in with a list and she'll say, wait, mm. I have my list here. And then I will say, okay, well, we'll get to it. And as we're talking, and then as I'm trying to wrap mm. up, I'll say, oh, we only have like five more minutes. She goes, but what about my list? So she'll <laughs> look up and pull it, look at her list, and she will say, well, wait a minute. Oh, wait. Oh, oh never mind. We talked about it all. <laughs> <laughs> that is mm-hmm. so great. I remember as, a, uh, as somebody who studied all this and who uh, also – was required and needed to be in therapy, there were times when everything was fine and dandy and I would sit outside my therapist's office trying desperately to come up with something wrong mm-hmm. 
So we'd have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, glory be that you that you made that happen. That's so beautiful. Tammy, may I ask you a question? Because I could be mistaken, but it, it seems like I remember your history being really kids in treatment and treatment facilities. Back in 2011, when Lori walked through your office, did you consider yourself an adult therapist? Had you done much adult work? Yeah. I do okay. see a lot of adults as well. And what's interesting um, is when I meet with adults, not that I'm looking down as a child, but I really see the kid within them because even us as adults, we're just uh, children that have been on the earth longer. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so I don't talk to the adults like a child, uh, childlike, um, but just like with the teens and the kids, meet them where they're at. Um, because sometimes I will get the Lori that is um, remembering a little bit more of her past and therefore, and um, with all respect, Lori, coming in as though she's 12 <laughs> and ready to go to a place there where she's 12. And she owns that she's come in. Because sometimes she'll later apologize and I'll tell her there's no apology. Uh, necessary in a tantrum-like state and um, be a little bit harder to uh, shift. But always by the end of every session, there's a shift. Meaning um, where she is, whether she be in her head or her heart. And I think sometimes um, as a trained therapist and colleagues that I know that aren't trained in managed heart, that's a little bit harder for them because they get fix, uh, fixated on um, making the shift happen rather than trusting the shift to happen and utilizing um, all the different steps um, in the nature heart approach. So being present, being there, validating, recognizing at the lowest form, using the three stands, even with adults in a session, um, and not placing the energy into the problem. Yeah. And I would have to agree with that. Um, there are times I come in with the thought of, I'm going to get her to understand what she needs to understand. And this is where I need Tammy to go today. And it really never happens. <laughs> and Did it, you explain it, the vase before, Lori? Pardon? The vase. The the vase the vase um, session might be a good one. Yeah, the vase session. Yes, um, there was one. This was about a year ago, maybe a little bit less. Is I um, was trying to figure out a way to get Tammy to understand how broken I just really felt inside. And driving home from work one day, I got this vision of a vase. So I stopped at Goodwill and bought two flower vases that were identical. You know, the cheap ones that. You know, there are probably a dime a dozen at any floral company. But anyway, I bought two of those, and I came in the following session, and I had smashed one into all these broken pieces, and I came in with one that was smashed and one that was not. And I pulled out the one that was not, and I pulled out and emptied the glass of the one I had broken into a plate, and I said, this is how I feel, all these broken pieces, and this is what I want to be, whole. And I really thought, I finally have a demonstration that she will get it. And and she, 
And I said, I want to have value and worth like the one that was whole versus the one that was smashed. And she immediately asked me, um, so this broken glass has no value? And I go, no. And she pulled up on her phone a website that showed beautiful works of art made from broken glass. Hmm. And I'm just like, oh. And I can't dispute that. It's it's evidence. It's um, irrevocable evidence of something that's true. And I can't say, well, no, that's not beautiful, because it was. And I had all it these reminds me. Pieces. It reminds me of the uh, what Catherine um, put in in our uh, children's book about the crumpled dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to say that, Catherine? It's exactly what you're talking about. I'm just it's such a fantastically beautiful image in my mind. That idea of it doesn't matter the damage or where it's been mm-hmm. or what it's been through, but the value is the same. And so to take yeah. something that has has this harsh history and make something beautiful and lovely and spectacularly and newly different out, out of that, I love that image. What a, I'm thinking about you and your incredible wisdom to bring that to Tammy and then Tammy's ferocity to not go down the slippery slope of negativity with that almost attempt a little bit, right? Um, that's a fantastic story. The two of you, I, I love that you're working together. What a beautiful, beautiful image. Well. Lori, do you want to finish real fast and tell them what you did with the broken glass? Well, yeah. So with the broken glass, she actually challenged me to make something with it. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I actually took the pieces and I painted them and I actually made a like a stained glass heart and framed it in like a shadow box and <laughs> have it at the end of my hallway where I live. And every day I see it and it was re- it's a reminder but what's really interesting, and I shared this in January at Summit, is I didn't use all the pieces, and for the longest time, I kept them in a jar. And I, um, they all had names, you know, fear, doubt, and um, different things like that. And I kept the pieces in a jar, and I'd bring them to session, I'd put them on the table, and we'd talk, and I'd put them back in my bag, and I'd bring them. And um, when I was in Summit, the Global Summit in January, I actually brought the jar and I shared the story and I knew and I shared with them then that when the time was right, I would be able to empty this jar and let a lot of these things go. And that happened probably about three or four months ago here in the office is I emptied the jar. Wow. So Tammy, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Hmm. Yeah, it what was incredible interesting. Yes. And and that relentlessness of literally every time she brought that jar. It was an old salsa jar that had a small handful of broken pieces of glass in. And she would bring her bag and she'd take the jar out and she'd set it on the table. We didn't adjust the glass <laughs> with the broken pieces sitting at the table. Could be staring at us but not and we would go on about the session. And then she'd pack it back up from the next session. She'd put it back out on the table. And every now and then we would just talk about um, what she was going to do with it. And with always an invitation to put them in the garbage. Um, and ironically, uh, whether it be the universe or whatever anyone's belief is, that jar that contained those broken glasses, uh, those broken pieces, um, actually had cracked. 
that had not fallen apart. They were still holding those pieces together. So symbolically over the time, um, I believe Lori learned that she did not need to carry those pieces anymore mm-hmm. and was able to um, cast them aside. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's been, yeah, it, and it's proven to be um, an amazing story I've gotten to share with various people, and um, there are times even when I doubt my own wholeness and I go there, is it's a great reminder that even when you feel broken, you still have value and worth and can be made into something even better. And, you know, as speaking as a therapist, some people are afraid that if you um, become that person that waters uh, that flower, that thinks they're that weed, you know, um, that they'll become dependent on and then therapy can never end. It's almost like they're they're going to that source to be watered and then so... um, after I don't know the you have you might know the time frame better, Lori, um, but I distinctively at one point in the therapy started having her um, not trusting her to be her own water. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Instead of answering every um, message or every cry, I just would not reply. Yeah, And she knew that that wasn't me ignoring her or giving up on her, but that that meant that I could trust her to do it on her own. And it made her that's, angry at first. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that's hard at times. I don't necessarily want to trust myself all the time. But at the same time is I want to know I can do this and that I can... Um, discover and live and know and recognize and reset my own greatness. And in reality, I wouldn't want Tammy to be doing that all the time for me because how would that help me? And how would I then really discover who I am and what I'm capable of and the growth? And it, it's a, at times it's a love-hate thing. I'm just like, wait a minute. But I'm so thankful at the same time of saying, of knowing when I come out on the other side of a dark place and I did it on my own, it's quite incredible. Do you remember those early times? Go ahead, Howie. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you know, there were so many thoughts there, but the essence of it was uh, I had, you know, I actually got an answer to my question that, you know, does Tammy ever give any assignments? Well, you know, that was, you know, right there in the session. The assignment is it's, it's, I'm passing the baton to you. It's yours. And um, and and you, I think that, to me, is the essence of therapy, is that the person realizes, comes to re, uh, incorporate the voice of the therapist and be able to do essentially the the, the ongoing, forever, never-ending process on their own, yeah. Uh, yeah. at which point, you know, therapy, you know, uh, you know, changes its face. And, um, 
And to me, that's the passing of the baton. And mm-hmm. um, it sounds like, Lori, you have come to see that you could take whatever comes your way, maybe sometimes, you know, needing assistance, but 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 for the most part, being able to take the the um, uh, circumstances of life and the and the, uh, the 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 glory of life and the frustrations of life and uh, channel that into whatever your next steps are. There's and not always easy. I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Laurie. <laughs> not not always easy, but um, you're right. I do know the steps. Don't always want to take them. Sometimes mm. I am 12, and I'll admit that. And other times I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's been a lot of assignments over time. And just like yeah. any difficult child would, she's often refused to do them. However, when she would come in sessions, she would be laying down the evidence that she was doing them. So I would point that out, and she'd get so mad at me. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you just said this. You just did that. Oh. And so then she realized she used to keep it crumpled up in her purse. So the fact, the mere fact that she kept that crumpled paper in her purse was part, you know, the fact that she wasn't abandoning it, throwing it away. And um, more recently, to share her current assignment that she's working on, um, helping Lori, you know, where I've turned it over where she doesn't have to rely on me. Um, I've given her, you know, this is a typical therapeutic assignment, although with a twist, um, adding in the naked heart piece, but teaching her how to fully even love herself more is, you know, write the write that letter to the, um, what age did you pick, Lori? Uh, Ten. Eight, seven. Ten. Eight. To that eight, ten, right around to that, that age. About to the eight-year-old Lori. Mm-hmm. You know, what does she need to hear, basically. And when Lori was struggling with the, the letter, because she wanted to write it as a writer, make it sound good with words and great vocabulary, um, and not that she needed to visit that bag of feelings at the end of the rainbow that you mentioned earlier, Howard, um, but to teach her how to nurture the eight-year-old child that she wished her mom and other people would because she can't get them to do that. She's not in charge of that. Because we did bring mom to one of the sessions, but I won't go back to that one right now and stay in the, um, that glorious, capable, and the best person around to be able to nurture the eight-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And so she's currently still working on, she wrote one draft um, and is working on becoming even more nurturing in the letter to the eight-year-old and not an easy process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything about that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's a challenge of Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking back, Lori, to your beginning, one of your early comments about how this is a journey that's, you know, every day you're still on the journey. And I know you're out there and you're sharing your story and you're teaching Nurtured Heart Approach and you are so living this this journey, you know, you know, a current way yourself as well as sharing it with other people. Do you remember that time when that the inner dialogue, that inner monologue started to shift for you and you really believed it, that 
passing of the baton, can you think back to when you caught yourself and went, holy smokes, essentially, I just told my something, myself something about my greatness, and it was authentic, and I believe it? Um, yeah, I would say, let's see, December 2011, probably about, oh, a year in, and maybe even less, and Tammy, you might even know more or pinpoint this more, but is when it, it just started to click. And I think is when I started blogging, and when I started blogging, I was able to... Um, really changed that inner dialogue inside and because I was not just saying it in my head but I was putting it down on paper, I was reading mm-hmm. it out loud and so mm-hmm. it was all those different sensory that it really connected and clicked and that's mm-hmm. when I started sharing it with others and I think when we take what we've learned about ourselves and something that can change us so profoundly and start sharing it with others is when it for me, at least, it really clicked. Was there a time early on where Tammy said, essentially, hey, I'm, I know we're doing therapy, but I also want to tell you the specifics of this thing called Nurture Heart Approach? Did that enter early on into the conversation, or was that much further down the journey for the two of you? I'm not sure it was. I gave her the uh, You Are Oprah book, because that was mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. hot ticket at the time, and she ate that up like you would not believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, I was actually going out of town, so I took that book on a flight with me, and um, that book changed my life. It it was written in such a way, and I didn't read it all the way through. I would read it in um, different chapters here and there, and it spoke so profoundly, and I'd read the same thing over and over and just really chew on it, and that's something that I've always done, and Tammy and I have joked about is, She'll throw something out or something like the Oprah book or whatever, and I will, like, just chew on that and rip it apart and really get it to where this light just goes off and it so gets it down inside of me, and then I move to the next thing, hmm. still trying to apply what I had just learned. But, yeah, it, I would say it really, that was a turning point was the Oprah book at that point. Howard, I picture you smiling right now as you're hearing... You're hearing Lori talk about that and the profound impact of that particular volume for you or for her. I I am, and um, you know that's great for me to hear, Lori. I I I, you know, you never know what your written word is. It's such a commitment to get something in print and get it out there, and and especially when a book is so revealing of one's personal life and journey and. Um, so I'm I'm so moved that um um in so many ways about you know uh you know your courage and your um your uh, style of uh of of persevering and um and and diving in and and working and reworking um where you stand um I, and hearing it in context of that book in particular really is so meaningful to me. That really was. Wasn't that your first effort at bringing it, bringing your heart approach into the adult arena? Well, it was, and I had been I had been chewing on that for a good ten years, nine mm-hmm. years at that point. 
you know, that, you know, I I realized I had um, my stuck places and my default settings, uh, you know, that when I, I spent my prime time with myself, uh, my, you know, my juiciest, inner dialogue with vis-a-vis negativity you know i do mm-hmm. i do superficial stuff for the good stuff oh good job you know as much as i believe in profound appreciation for kids you know i i you know my inner um my inner reflection of that was uh was was really weak and mm-hmm. and it came to a head in a crisis back in around 2000 and um you know, I just made some decision there and then that I've I've never been great at making um, big commitments, um, and, and I've never ever been so committed to anything than this process. Once I took it on, um, I never I never stopped, and I and I kept looking for how do I make this bigger? How do I how do I amp it up? How do I make now that I'm in it and I like it? How do I and that's where the word greatness came from. I was looking for ways to be appreciative of myself beyond the words I had. And, and I crept into the realm of greatness. I kind of tiptoed into that room. And it scared me because I thought, you know, well, I'll never share this. This is, too, you know, <laughs> this, this is too bizarre. Um, I, and, then, and then I dared to share it out loud at a training uh, a few years before the Oprah book came out, and uh, and then in the hallway, um, you know, at a break, I heard uh, people telling each other about their greatness and about one another's greatness, and I thought, this is this is this is terrible. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> this is this is gonna this is going to you know, uh, undermine the the wonderful work we do with kids because it's going to discredit our, our, you know, our movement, so to speak. And, um, but then it kind of, it kept, it landed in more and more grounded ways. I, I never, I, I, you know, for me it was about getting it, you know, having this be behind the scenes and, 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 um, and and having it be grounded and and then I started daring to say things about kids' greatness. I don't work with kids very often, and and in the very few moments I had with kids, I would, if I said something to them about their greatness, I see them almost as if I. It felt almost as if I was touching in on a soul level, and that their spinal cords grew an inch, and they 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 you know somehow it registered in a in a um, a vibration of who they really were, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was very mystical to me. This whole thing has been very mystical. So to hear Lori talk about this in in context of how it changed her life so so uh, pivotally and and so um, so importantly, now that we hear the whole story, um, I, I don't even know where to go with that other than to be in awe. You know, Howie, where you're talking about that that greatness piece, and you had asked earlier about assignments, and I didn't bring this up a couple um, months podcasts ago, but one of Lori's assignments was to create that a greatness jar for her house, and to write greatness notes to her children and herself mm-hmm. um, as that little baby step 
of um, and and it was a it was quite a process because you can't force the teenagers to write them. And Lori at times would get so upset because she would write them to them and they wouldn't give them back. But then she learned that the magic is that even when you tell and write them those notes to the, to your daughters, that it's just as uh, yummy and flavorful. You know, um, I don't know if you want to speak how that's helped you because as Howie, as you're saying, like, wow, I love how this also impacts adults, you've actually been doing that firsthand um, in your note writing. Yeah, and what was interesting is, you know, I started the whole this whole journey when my kids were teenagers, so they had had me for a long time, the prior me, and so I'm bringing home this concept of greatness and the greatness jar. And I have one daughter who bought into it and ate it up, and I have one daughter even to this day that fights against it and doesn't want to hear about that stuff and it's stupid and this and that, but um, it is a practice, is not only writing notes to them, writing notes to myself to to learn it. Um, what's interesting, even though the one daughter never bought into it, she never threw away any of her notes. She's kept all her notes. And so there's something there. And every once in a while, she'd leave me one. And she'd make sure it was in a place where she knew I would see it, not just oh, I have to find this, but she put it right on top of my keys or before I left. And um, it's just, it is a practice. And recognizing that within yourself, you know, it's easier to say and recognize greatness in others than sometimes it is to recognize it in yourself. And one of the mantras Tammy has always used is, you can't see it in somebody else what you don't already see in yourself. Mm-hmm. And Bingo. so that's a process of learning as well. Absolutely. For the sake of time, because we need to wrap up very quickly, and I, I listeners who don't know your story, I almost want to have, if you could see her now, kind of thing. Um, you know, I know a little bit about what you're doing now, and I see some of your blog posts. Can you bring it towards, like, where you are today and what you're doing today and who you are today and, and wrap that up in a beautiful kind of vision for fe- for people who are listening who don't know where you are well, today? Well, um, there's there's a couple aspects I will say I did lose all of that weight I set out to lose, and I've kept it off as of three years next week. So I'm different physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, In my personal life, um, I'm actually an uh, empty nester as of this year, so I'm learning to live life differently and still apply and learning how to take care. I'm not, I think the next step of my journey is learning how to take care of the child that was never taken care of and discovering and learning that and still um, doing that. And um, I'm writing, I'm attempting to write. I struggle where to start sometimes, but I'm slowly attempting that. And I'm still walking the path. I'm still every day learning to renew. Um, Howard back in January at Summit shared a new concept of renewing and renewing to who we really are. And that's something I think, I carried with me more than anything else is I feel like I'm re- the the road I'm on right now is renewing myself to who I really am and learning to love myself wholly to move on to the next phase of my life. So that's where I'm at right now. That's mm. beautiful. You are a warrior. Thank you so much for that. You are such an inspiration, Laurie. I have you know I thank you. 
you are such an inspiration. I hope that people who are listening are just kind of taking in your light and your truth and your experience and um, being excited by that. Really quickly, I want to say I need to invite listeners, if they want to become followers of um, Nurture Heart Approach channel on Blog Talk Radio, you can go to blogtalkradio.com backslash Nurtured Heart Approach channel or Nurtured Heart Approach, and all of our podcasts are archived there. If you're interested in becoming a certified Nurtured Heart Approach trainer, I encourage you to consider attending one of the next certification training intensives. Those are week-long trainings. We have trainings coming up in Tucson in January. Australia CTI is coming up in February. A really fantastic way to immerse yourself into to the approach. Um, boy, that was quick. Howie, some final parting words. We are over time today, but it was so we could go on all afternoon. Hey, this has been um, uh, so breathtaking and inspiring. And Lori, I see the, the every every bit of greatness that Catherine just accused you of. Uh, uh, I so see that in you. And 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 um, you know, hearing how this works in concert with Tammy's brilliant work, um, uh, her being such a warrior for on your behalf. And on behalf of uh, serving uh, others, uh, I I uh, I am so thrilled, Tammy and Lori, to hear your story, and uh, hope you write a book about this journey someday. And um, it it is so um, inspiring to me. And uh, what you all don't know is in the background there was a uh, somebody incessantly chopping down trees so I had to go in and out of mute the whole time but but somehow this was such a, such a perfect conversation um, so uh, thank you so much for uh, the beautiful uh, the beautiful manifestations of Nurtured Heart Approach that you take out into the world I, I know you're going to serve so many going forward well, I was honored Absolutely. to be a part of the call. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you I was are... honored as well. Thank you. Thank you both for being on. It really is so inspiring to hear how this work has gone from touching children to really healing adults. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Next month we are going to be talking about Nurtured Heart Approach and Foster Care, A Better and Brighter Future. And we have Brian Forney, who is the Executive Director of Focus on Youth, who will be joining us next month. Thank you both for your time. Thank you for your vulnerability, Lori, and sharing your story. Thank you, Tammy, for being such a warrior in this approach. I'm so excited that both of you are out there doing what you're doing. I wish you continued um, healing in your journey, Lori. Thank you both. Thanks, Howie. Enjoy Chico. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the brilliance of, uh, thank you for the beauty of your brilliance, uh, Catherine and Lori and Tammy. I, I, I'm so thankful. You all have a fantastic day until next month we'll when we're on again. We'll see you all next month. All right. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.